are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Matthew 28, 19, it says, therefore go, someone say go, and make disciples. Someone say disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We do know that all three of the Gospels uh, give an account of this these last words of Jesus as he rallies around the 12 disciples, as he gives them uh, the mission. They had been with him for a little over three years, and, and they had seen the miracles, and they had, seen, uh, they had been used themselves to perform miracles. And uh, Jesus gives them what we know in the church as the Great Commission. Someone say the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is go. Go. You don't, don't stay inside the four walls of the church. We need you to go out. And when you go, you need to know that you're gonna, your purpose is to make disciples. So you need to go out and you need to spread the good news. But it's not enough just for people to know about God. Now we have to disciple them. Someone say disciple. It's very important that you get this tonight because this is a big part of our church and where we are going in the next season of our church. It's been two years and we have done an amazing job of of seeing people saved, seeing people come to the knowledge of God. And now this next phase is a discipleship phase, a discipleship phase that will be with us Till Jesus returns, until this church is here. You say, man, does that mean you haven't been discipling? No, I didn't say that. We have been discipling people, but now we have uh, some new systems that we'll be putting into practice that will help each and every one of us to be discipled and to make disciples. Because when you become a disciple, now there's a responsibility on you to now help make disciples. A disciple simply means a disciplined one. One who follows Christ, a Christ follower. And uh, I believe I'm talking to a bunch of disciples in here, right? I didn't say perfect disciples. Did you notice that? I know you were pointing to your husband right there. I didn't say perfect disciples. I'm just saying disciples. We're doing our best to follow Christ. And so we see this, and uh, this is really the bottom line for us here at Fuel. Uh, Our mission is the same mission Jesus had over 2,000 years ago. Go and make disciples. Teach them. Go and give people the good news. Notice in in the other Gospels, it says, give them the good news of the Gospel. Notice it's not bad news. It's good news. Right? So there's a whole lot of churches preaching bad news every Sunday. And people are walking in the church sad, and then they're walking out of the church depressed, ready to commit suicide because of the message they just heard. How many know that shouldn't happen in church? It shouldn't happen in church. It's, It's good news that my sins can be forgiven. Someone said, well, it just seems like, you know, you know, you should be harder on people. Really? No, I think the Holy Spirit does his job. We do our job and let the Holy Spirit convict people of their sin. That's what the Bible says. I know what religion and denominations say. They say beat the sheep, but Jesus says lead the sheep. Oh, I'm preaching already. I'm not even in my notes, but we're already there. 
And so this mission hasn't changed since Jesus gave us the church this mission. This should be the mission of every church. Now, it's not the mission of every church, but it should be because this is the last instructions that Jesus left us, the church, his expression of love here on earth. Do you know that we are the church of Jesus Christ? This church isn't brick and mortar and drywall and and concrete and wood. No, you and I are the church. Wherever we go, the church goes. So, so, so here, here it is. It's, here's the bottom line for us here at Fuel. We want to get lost people saved, number one. We want to get lost people saved. Then we want to help them through life's issues. Everybody's got issues. Their issues got issues. Their dog's got issues. The dog's fleas got issues. Anyway, we want to disciple and train them to tap into the potential God has placed in them. We want them to discover that they have a gift. There's something great that God has placed in them. You know, when you discover your purpose here on earth, it changes everything in your life. Some of you will go from frowning to smiling when you discover your purpose. Some of you actually enjoy life when you discover why you were born. Until then, life is grumpy. Life is angry. Life is, I'm mad at everybody who looks at me weird. But when you discover your purpose, it's a game changer. And so... Our bottom line is we want to see lost people saved. We want to help people through their issues. We want to disciple and train them. Why? So they can go out and they can change their world. They can change their workplace. They can change their friends, their influences, their families. So here at Fuel, we measure four things. We measure four things. Are lost people coming to Christ? Do we see lost people coming to Christ? Are they environments where they can work through their issues? Okay. Are Are we helping people to discover the gifts inside them? Hmm? And are they doing something that changes their world? Attendance really doesn't matter. Offerings really don't matter. Hear me. They really don't matter because what matters is what God called us to do. Most churches measure nickels and noses. Are you with me? But few people measure discipleship. Few people measure spiritual growth, right? And so God never called us to have a crowd. God never called us to have a big big offering. Now, all that will come when we know why we exist. But that's not our focus. That's not why we get up here and we tell you the numbers. It's not so we can blow. It's not so we can say, hey, we no, it's, it's to build your faith. But it, the reason that, that, that we exist is to see people move into the potential and the power and the promise that God has in their life. Because what good is it if we have a crowd, but there's no real life change? Talk to me today. You could come here every week, sit here, you can give every week and still miss, he- and miss heaven. That's the reality. So what good is it if we have four services on a Sunday, if it's full of people who aren't seeing life change, who aren't being discipled, who aren't being uh, committed followers and disciples of Christ? What good is it if we have a cool light show and we have great music and we got great messages and we got great media if nobody's really being changed? What good is it? We're nothing more than a show. We're nothing more than a country club if that's all we're going to do. I didn't mean to preach. This is more of a teach, but we, we're, we're already here. So th- this, is why, this is why we exist. And so, so because language creates culture, I want to give you some, some culture words for us as we move forward. 
Now, these four things that I'm going to share with you are things that most of, most of them we have been doing in the last two years, but now we're just giving some, some meat to it, some, or some language to them. Number one, we want, at Fuel Church, we want people to, number one, know God. Someone say, know God. Number two, we want people to find freedom. Someone say, find freedom. Number three, we want people to discover purpose. Someone say, discover purpose. And number four, we want people to make a difference. Someone say, make a difference. So we want people to know God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover purpose. And we want everyone to go out and make, to make a difference in their community, in their world. Amen? This is what a real disciple of Jesus Christ looks like, right? And so let's just break down these four steps that we're talking about that defines a real disciple and defines really the mission that Jesus gave us before he left earth, which is the mission of Fuel Church. Number one, know God. John chapter one, verse 14 says this, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Did you see that? He was full of what? Love and faithfulness. I think the church should resemble love and faithfulness. Amen? This is what Jesus, so the word became flesh. You know what that means, right? Jesus was sent down to earth. He became flesh and he dwelled among us. God sent part of himself. God, we know that God is a triune being, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God sent part of himself down to earth to be tempted in all points as we are, yet Jesus was without sin. And he went around the earth those 33 years, and he was full of two things, love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So the word became flesh. God revealed himself to us. You know that you didn't find God, but God found you. You didn't know where to look. You didn't know where to look. You were all messed up in the gutter of your sin, in the gutter of life. You were stuck. You didn't know where to look. God found you because God wants to know you. This is the first step. You can't go to the other steps until you know God. You hear me? You can't go to the other, you can't find freedom, you can't discover purpose, you can't make a difference until first and foremost, you know God. First and foremost, you confess with your mouth, the Bible says, believe in your heart, you are now saved. I don't find any other scriptures that says you are saved any other way, right? I, I, I don't find them in there. Confess, confession, belief in your heart, you are now saved. So, so we have to know God. So our weekend services are designed to reveal God. Hmm? We, don't, we don't create services just for church people. We create environments, spaces, and places for people who don't know God. Hmm? From the music, right? The atmosphere, the worship, the kids, the students, the teaching, the preaching. It's all to reveal who God is is. Hmm? And we will do anything. We will do anything short of sinning <laughs> to reach people who don't know God. We'll do anything. We'll do anything. So we're going to break the mold, yes, of normal church. 
Yes, we're going to break it. Because we want people to know God. We want people who are lost, people who are unchurched, people who, who didn't have any church background growing up. We want them to know God. So whatever we have to do to reach lost people, we're going to do it. I said we're going to do it. And if you don't love lost people, then you're not going to like it here. You're really not going to like it here. And there, I, would, I would propose to you there's a lot of great churches that don't love lost people. You could find them all over this city. And I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being honest. Most churches don't even give an altar call anymore for lost people to come to the Lord. But here, we're all about lost people. We're all about people knowing God. That's the starting point of their relationship. That's the starting point of their spiritual growth. Someone said, man, we, we, we just need to settle down. No, we, we can't settle down until everyone in our community knows Jesus. Oh, we just need to relax. We don't need to be doing all these events and all this stuff and all these outreaches. No, no, we, we will not relax. We will not be quiet. We will not stop shining. We will not stop believing in others who others have cast away. We will not stop giving. We will not stop giving people who are far from God a chance to be filled with the grace and hope found in Jesus Christ. We can't stop and we won't stop. Someone say, when are we going to slow down? We're not going to. It's just the car is going to get faster, folks. Why? Because the, the signs of the times are evident. Do you understand Bible prophecy? We are living in the last days. The signs of the times are all around us. Our time is short. And the Bible says the devil even knows his time is short. And so he is sending wrath upon the earth. He is sending his onslaught of demons to try to take out Christianity. Yeah, take out Christianity. There was a bus full of people last week who were taken off the bus in another country. Some of you seen it on the news. They were taken off this bus. They were on their way to go pray and fast. Born again believers. One by one, they were, them and their kids were taken out of that bus. And they were asked if they believed in Christianity. And when they said yes, they were asked another question. They were demanded to worship Allah after that. And if they did not worship Allah, they were killed right there on the spot. Them and their kids. All for the name of Christ. We don't know persecution. We don't know persecution. We think because somebody made fun of us at work because we had a fuel shirt on, that's persecution. That ain't persecution. That ain't persecution. I don't know how many died, but a lot of people died last week in the name of Christ. In the name of Christ. And so, so we will do anything that we have to do to reach people so that people will know God. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell. Yeah, so, so if, if we're going to make it hard for people to go, go to hell, we have to make it easy for them to come to our church. We have to make it easy. It, they they got to understand what we're doing here. How, how many went, grew up in a church and you, honestly, you didn't understand what was being said every Sunday? Come on, raise your hand. You, you, didn't, you didn't get it. Like, you're lost. You're out in left field, right? Right? I mean, I... I can't tell you how many people come up to me, man, we, we just get, we get what you're saying, we get what's going on here. The gospel is simple. We don't need to complicate it, okay? So we, made it, we need to make it easy for people to come to church, okay? Why are we adding another service? We want to make it easy to reach more people to, so that they'll come to church, so they can know God, so they can know God, okay? Are you with me so far? Uh, I love Acts 15, 19. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. 
they, they were having a problem. The Gentiles were the, 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 the unsaved, the unchurched, right? And here we see Paul saying, listen, don't make it difficult for people to turn to God. We shouldn't have to jump through 500 hoops for salvation. Well, you got to look a certain way, you got to dress a certain way, and you need to get rid of that smoking habit because you know smoking's going to be in hell, and that's probably where you're going to go. Well, liars are going to be in hell too, fornicators are too, so why don't you just chill out? And we got all these, and you, and you, and you got to go through 500 classes in order to be a part of this church. And, and, and then if you're, you know, if you're not baptized and you're really not saved, and you know, all, all, this hoop, all these hoops, all these hoops, all these hoops that man-made religions have created that turn people away from the church, that turn people away from God. And we, did, we, we just said, listen, we're just going to go with what the Bible says. We're not going to go with the man-made stuff. We're going to do what the Bible says. We're not going to make it difficult for people to turn to God. We're going to make it easy. We're going to make it easy. You say, well, this just sounds like greasy grace. Well, I'm glad you discovered what the gospel is all about, grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. I didn't get what I deserved. I got what I didn't deserve, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, it seems like you're going too easy on people. I think we need to be a little harder. Well, you've been hard on yourself and others all your life. And that's why you have no friends. It's true, though. People that are hard on other people and look down on other people really look at themselves in the mirror and don't like what they see. Just being honest tonight. Just being honest. So we are that church that will do anything to reach people. We are that church who will depopulate hell and populate heaven. That is our mission. We want people to know God. And whatever we gotta do, if we gotta put a Christian rapper up here, a Christian heavy metal, I don't really freaking care. Did I say freaking? Yeah, I did. I don't care what we got to do. Foo-foo the dog, some clown. I don't care. If it gets people to know God, then what does it matter what we do? And we're going to break every religious rule, and we're going to flip your mind out at times. Can we do that at church? Well, we just did it. I'm just telling you, two years was warm up. Wait till you see what we're about to hop into in July. Because some of you are going to be like, oh, we can do that in church? Yeah, we want people to know God. We want people to know God. And so anything short of sin, we're going to do. We're going to do it. I spent a lot of time on the first one because I believe it's the most important. I believe it's the most important for us to realize where we're going in this next season. Number two, so we want people to know God. Number two, we want people to find freedom. This is the second part of everyone's journey in here. This is the second part of your journey, and it's to grow spiritually. How does this happen? Well, Real spiritual growth is this, letting go of your past so you can become more like Christ. Letting go of your past so you can become more like Christ. We want people to find freedom. We want people to find freedom. There are spiritual practices that you can put into your daily routine to help you grow in Christ. This will help you to let go of your past. Hebrews 12.1 says, we need to learn to lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets us. Some of us come in with a whole lot of baggage, and we don't know how to get rid of the baggage. Huh? Have you ever been to the airport and you picked up the wrong baggage, right? And you started to walk away, and then you realize you had the wrong one? Well, I'm here to tell you a lot of you have the wrong baggage. Take it back. And so we want people to find freedom. We want people to find freedom from their hurts, their hang-ups, and their habits. 
Because we all got them. I said, because we all got them. We all got things, skeletons in our closet. Come on now. We all got baggage from the past. So it's, it, it's, it's not about us trying harder to be something that we're not. It's about us releasing those hurts, those hang-ups, and those habits. It's about you being in community. It's about you opening up. It's about you believing that spiritual growth happens best in community. Community. Someone say community. We will launch something, it, it may be towards the end of this year, it may be towards the beginning of next year, I'm not saying when, but we're going to launch something called small groups. Someone say small groups. Small groups are circles. Right now you're sitting in a row. Life change happens best in circles and not in rows. Rows, you come here on a Sunday, you come here tonight, and that's great, but you're not connecting. You're not opening up about those hurts, hang-ups, and habits for the most part. But circles have a way of us being vulnerable, uh, have a way of us uh, having accountability and someone that can pray with us and someone that we can confide with. I'm not saying confide with everybody, but circles allow us that vulnerability and it, it allows us to gain that encouragement from other people who may be facing things we're facing. And so where we find freedom is in small groups. And so that's coming up. That's coming up. Are you excited about small groups? We want every person at Fuel to be in a small group. You know who's starting the first small group? Right here. I'm the first one, baby. I'll, be, I'll have a small group. My wife will. All our leaders will. Why? Because we want people to find freedom. We want people to find. We just don't want them attending on Sunday and leaving and not getting rid of the baggage of the past. Come on. We want to see them forever change. And we believe this is truly a necessary part of everyone's spiritual journey. Life change happens best in circles, not in rows. Sunday is for people to know God. Sunday's for the unchurched. That's why I encourage you, bring somebody who doesn't know God. Sunday's for them. Yeah, you're going to get something out of it. You're going to be worshiping. You're going to hear the word, and you're going you're gonna to grow. But Sunday is for those lost people to come back to their father's house. Amen? And we need to understand that. We need to know that, that, that everything we do is for the law, his lost kids to come home. So number one, we want people to know God. Number two, we want people to find freedom. Number three, we want people to discover purpose. You know that everyone in here, everyone in the world wants to know their purpose. Why was I born, right? And uh, I say it like this, you were born on purpose for a purpose, there's a purpose inside of you. There, there's a gift. The Bible talks about it as a spiritual gift inside each and every one of you. You say, man, God didn't put no gift in me. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And we want to help you discover that gift. We want to help you discover that gift because there's something inside of you that God wants to use. God has a purpose for, for your life. It's more than just attending church. Watch this. 1 Peter 4.10 says this. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? To serve who? 
So there's a gift inside of you that is for somebody else. There's a gift inside of you that is for somebody else. There's a gift inside of you that God placed for you to help somebody else on their spiritual journey. Hmm? Well, I thought that was just for the church and the pastors and the ministers and the leaders. Nope, it's for every one of us. It's for every one of us. Just think if every one of us would discover our purpose and our gift and we would start serving someone else. We would start helping someone else. Take someone aside and teach them what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Christ. What would happen to the church? Huh? You see the book of Acts and it grew from like nothing to 3,000 overnight seemingly. And then it continued to grow. And the Bible says that they were fellowshipping one with another in their homes in small groups. That's what it said. And everything they had, they were giving to each other to help. Oh, you need this? I, I got that. I'll help you. They were there for each other. They were generous with their giving. And the Bible shows this church tripling, double, triple, quadrupling. Why? They had a revelation that we have a gift inside of us and we want to help each other out. Man, sometimes I think we're so self-focused that we forget there's other people who are hurting around us that we could help. Sometimes it's just a prayer. Sometimes it's a word of encouragement. We're so focused on our wounds and we're so focused licking our wounds for the last 10, 20 years. We forget about the pain someone else is facing. But I guarantee you start focusing on someone else who's got pain, your pain diminishes. Your pain isn't as bad as you thought it was when you hear someone else's pain. So you have a gift. Someone say, I have a gift. Our job as a church is to help you discover that gift. A friend of mine, a mentor actually, Pastor Phil Muncy, said this, your gift does everything needed to fulfill your destiny except open itself. Only the local church can do that. I'm going to say that again. That was good. Your gift does everything needed to fulfill your destiny except open itself. Only the local church can do that. There's power in the local church. You need to be rooted in a church. The Bible says be planted in the house of the Lord and hear the voice of one shepherd. Not two, not three, not an evangelist, not a, someone on TV. Hear the voice of one shepherd. What does that mean? I can't listen to other preaching. I didn't say that. Listen to other preaching as long as it lines up with the, with the way we believe. Amen? But what I'm saying is it says you have one shepherd. You have one pastor. So, so we're not, not going to one church one week and another church the next. That's not biblical. That's called church hopping. We're planted in the house where God has put us, our family, and this is where we lay down roots. This is where our family is going to grow. Okay? And the, the, this is where God has placed us. And so the local church is going to help you with that. Ephesians 4 talks about the, all these gifts, and it's my job to equip you as, as, as your pastor. It's the church's job to help you open your gift, but it's your job to now use that gift, to discover your purpose and put it to use. I know Christians been saved 20, 30 years who are still sitting on their gift. Put it to work. Well, you know, I've just been serving the Lord so long. I've seen him do all these things. I'm just going to sit back and let the younger people do it. No. We need every person, no matter what age you are, no matter who. We need everyone involved. Why? You're just trying to grow a big church. We are not trying to grow a big church. We're trying to grow a big heaven. Will you get that out of your mind? 
My intent is never to grow a big church. It's to grow big people so that we can populate heaven. Come on. So, so we're going to help you discover your gift. Amen. So number one, we want you to what? Know God. Number two, we want people to find freedom. Number three, we want people to discover purpose. And the last thing, as I wrap it up, we want people to make a difference. Someone say, make a difference. This is the final step in our process. After you've discovered, after you know God, you have that relationship with God. After you've worked through some of your hurts, hangups, and habits, and you found freedom. After you've discovered your purpose, now you're using your gift. Now you are going to make a difference. What did Matthew 28, 19 say? Go. Go make a difference now in someone else's life. Make an impact in the world. Go serve. Go volunteer. We call it the dream team here. Someone say, well, why do you call it the dream team? Well, we believe it's too far beneath to call you volunteers because you're just as vital vital to fulfilling the vision or dream God has placed here. So we call everyone serving on a team the dream team. That's why you hear me say, get on a dream team. I don't know, there's 22, 23 of them. Get on a dream team. Why you are fulfilling the dream, the vision that God has placed here. How many know that I can, I can only do so much and my staff can only do so much to see God's lost kids come home? Come on, to, to see heaven populated. But how many know if we're all serving, if we're all utilizing our gift, if we're all saying, man, I want to make a difference, how much bigger we can make heaven, how much bigger we can, we, we can see God move amongst us if we're all going out and making a difference, not just in, in, inside the church, but outside the church, in our communities, at our workplaces, if we're being that light shining in the darkness. Amen. Because it's not just about getting people to come to our church. There are a whole lot of people that got saved here that aren't here. And I'll run into them. Hey, man, you know, I got saved to your church a year ago. Now I'm going to this church. Awesome. Awesome. Stay. You know what I tell them all? Stay planted and serve that pastor to the best of your ability. I'm just, I'm thankful they're planted somewhere. They're not mine. They're God's. So wherever they go, whatever they feel, now, do I want them serving? Oh, I would love for them to be here. Any pastor would let, be lying if they said, no, we don't want them in our church. No, we want them here. We believe this is the greatest church on the planet. I said, I believe it's the greatest church on the planet. Amen? So I want to tell everybody about this church. I told at least four different people today about this church. Get my hair cut. Told them about the church. Went to lunch with somebody, told them about the church. I mean, I, I was telling everybody, why? I'm proud of this church. I'm proud of this place. I tell everybody about it. But if they don't end up, end up here, that's, that's not a loss to us. That's a gain to heaven. If they're planted somewhere else and they're growing there, amen? So we believe that to make a difference, you, got, you need to get on a dream team. Why? Because fulfillment comes when you're serving God's house and God's people. We have so many different teams for you to choose from, and maybe you're a behind-the-scenes person. You're an introvert. You don't like to be in front of people. We got a team for you, several teams. Maybe an extrovert like me. You like to talk to people. You like to hang out with people. Oh, we got teams for you, too. We got, we got teams for everyone. No matter your personality, no matter what you're into, we got something 
for you. So these are our convictions here at Fuel. This is what we believe makes a true disciple. This is what we will focus on from now and I'll say it till Jesus returns. We want people to know God. We want people to find freedom. We want people to discover purpose. And we want people to make a difference. Does that sound all right tonight? That sound all right tonight? Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.